0: Again and welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Success. And as I'm recording this, the sun is shining, the s- the water's really, really sparkling outside. We call it diamonds on the water. Um, it's when it's it's when there's so much sparkle, you know, sun shines on the water, and you get these these shimmering little lights. It's absolutely beautiful, and it's a sign that uh, spring is definitely on the way although I understand that this upcoming weekend we are due for another arctic blast but that's okay because we're at the cottage life show in Toronto all this upcoming weekend we start on Friday at uh, 10 o'clock and do a 10 o'clock to 8 o'clock shift that's 10 hours and then Saturday I think it's uh Saturday's 10 to 7 and then Sunday, we get a short day at uh, 11 o'clock to 6 o'clock. But three long days where we'll spend so much time talking to prospective owners and guests. And we'll go and schmooze with the realtors because we do have some time off. And that's that's, that's a great time to go and talk to the realtors. Um, There's always a ton of them at the show they are there to display all their vacation properties that they have on sale. And we're talking maybe, oh, maybe 40 or 50 realtors will be there and hundreds and hundreds of properties up for sale. So as you can imagine, there's, it, it's a, a big, big show. Lots of people interested in buying properties and, and most of them, now have rental in their in their ownership plans, you know they they just can 't they when they do the math it 's just not economically viable anymore to buy a property as a second home and then not um, not collect the income when the property 's sitting empty, so we have this nice symbiotic relationship with most of the realtors that uh, you know they, they talk to them about selling a property and then They'll send them around to us or some of the other rental agencies that are at the show. And uh, and we get to talk to them about, about rental. And, you know, we don't sugarcoat it. We don't tell them that this is all wonderful. You're, you're, you'll you always have the most amazing time renting your property. And you'll all, always get the most amazing people. Because as we, you know, I know, that's not always the case. And things happen. Issues happen. Complaints are made. And something happened over the last few days that really has has prompted me to do this particular episode about complaints and about why people complain and how we deal with those complaints, but also to, to look at the changing nature of The tourism industry, the changing demands of travellers, what their expectations are, because those expectations, I've been saying this for years, every year, expectations rise. And we, as suppliers to the tourism industry, have to be continually on top of this to ensure that we're meeting the expectations of these travellers. So here we go. This is a, once again, a solo episode. Uh, I'll be back to doing some interviews shortly, but I wanted to get this one done because it's very fresh in my mind at the moment because we had somebody staying in a property uh, over the past few days and the lady had some significant um, issues with the property, some of which are justified, some of which are not. And this is always the case with these types of complaints which may come about as um, a reaction to poor weather, which is something that we had. It comes about as a reaction to a little bit of disappointment in terms of of the property. But it often happens that it all, all gets embellished due to all these other factors coming into play. But before I go into that, I just, I, I was doing some research for this episode and I, I just came across a ton of customer complaints, one of which was this one and I just loved it. And this is from um, Thomas Cook, which is a UK travel company. And, and they publish a list of complaints every year. And this one just really tickled me. And the complaint was we went to a Mexican restaurant in Rome and the waiter was italian you assured us italy was the best best place for an authentic food experience that one really got me because i hear this over and over again from and usually it's it, it's the british that are going to europe and and complaining about issues such as this such as people complaining when they go to spain that everybody spoke spanish or they go to india and then complain that the Sp- the food is too spicy. So you, you may determine that some of those are frivolous complaints. So I thought it'd be a great idea and to, to go through some of the issues that, that we had in our company last year. Um, and we do this every year because we do a complete review of every property. And we go through each property on our register and we look at its performance in terms of occupancy, in terms of how um, issues were handled, Uh, bearing in mind that it's the owner and the owner's maintenance teams and caretaking teams that handle the issues. We don't do it from our company. So, we have to be continually monitoring how these things are taken care of because we don't have an active hand in them. Each year, we'll go through every property. We'll look at at the issues, at the occupancy. And then that prepares us for going up to the property and doing our annual review. And then we can say to the owner, okay, you know, this, is, you know, this, this was your income for last year. This is your income for this upcoming year from, you know, the projected rentals we have for you already. Let's have a look at um, what uh, problems arose with your guests last year. And is there any way we can put something in place to improve them this year? And it's always when we do this that we, we come across some of the problems and issues that were the most challenging to deal with because they weren't the things that that we were readily able to fix at, at the time. And I'm just going to give you some examples. Um, and we just pulled these from last year's um, Issues list, and I think I mentioned before that we actually use a law student every year to, as uh, we we call them our guest services representative, and that person handles any complaints and issues from guests in properties during the summer. And mostly they can deal with the issues themselves, but sometimes you know it takes the combined effort of myself, my business partner, um, other p- parts of our organisation to resolve the issue to everybody's satisfaction but here's a few that really you know came to mind here's one a mosquito bit my baby and we weren't warned there were mosquitoes in cottage country we had to leave and want our money back that was on the second day of of a couple's vacation at a cottage we always make notes you know what was the weather like at the time at uh, that time, it was it was July. It was damp. It was humid. There, there'd been a lot of rain, and there was rain forecast all week. Now there was there's nothing we can do about the weather, and and I always find it interesting to see how, how creative guests can be in their efforts to recover something from their vacation. I mean, we hate the fact, always hate the fact when. Um, when the weather's gonna be bad. And and we know that people who've paid a substantial amount and just not gonna have a really good time. But there's not a great deal we can do about it. And and this one, in fact, um, the mosquito bit my baby. We weren't warned the mosquitoes in cottage country. Well, actually we do warn our guests about mosquitoes and other flying insects. We have a general information package that goes out to every guest. at, uh, at the time, they pay their final balance, they get the pre-arrival information for the property, and they get the information that says, mosquitoes are a part of cottage country. Cottage Link Rental Management can take no response, or will take, I, I'm, I haven't got it in front of me, but I think it, believe it says, you know, we take no responsibility for any annoyance caused by the flying insect population. And we were able to go back to this guest and say, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry that, uh, that your baby was bitten by a mosquito and you felt you had to leave. However, mosquitoes are a part of cottage country, just as we informed you. Um, so that one was done. Uh, then there was one, there were two light bulbs not working and we should not be expected to change them ourselves. Now that wasn't it wasn't a huge complaint, but it, it it was when people came back from their vacation and they had um, they had some other issues that were mainly frivolous um, but this one we had to address because we tell all our owners that you know one of the things you must do on every single changeover is check every single light bulb, and you need to supply. Appropriate light bulbs just in case they go out during the guest stay. But what this does highlight is that guests are becoming increasingly, um, how do you put it, I would not, you know, they're no longer as self-reliant as as we might expect them to be. We think, you know, that you're going to self-catering accommodation. If a light bulb should go out, then here's a spare. You just need to change it. But we're seeing this over and over again that people are saying, you know, think something happened and we shouldn't be expected to, to do this. You know, a toilet plugs up. Um, we don't care that you've provided us with a, with a toilet plunger. We want someone to come out immediately and do that for us. These people are so used to resorts and hotels where all they've got to do is ring to the front desk and somebody will come up and fix an issue for them that they, this is what they expect, even at a vacation rental. Believe that we just, you know, that, that was an apology. You know, we're so sorry that uh, that the light bulbs weren't working. We did supply um, spares. And unfortunately, there was nobody in the area to um, to change that. I mean, I would have loved to have added, you know, I really think vacation rental is not for you. Um, but we, we, we didn't, and that one went past. One we had this, uh, this winter, and we've had this one before, the road into the cottage was icy. We hadn't expected this. It was very stressful. Once again, we supply a, a document that goes out to all our guests in winter, and it says, in winter, roads can be icy and snow-covered, and not all ice-covered roads are sanded. So if you're going to a cottage in winter, we strongly advise that you take a bag of salt with you. What has come up, coming up from these, is the words expected. People are saying we didn't expect this, even when we've we've provided the information. So it's something that we need to do to go back and look at not just what information we're providing, but how we're getting that information across to our guests. And there's an old expression I use over and over again that says the meaning of your communication is in the response you get. What does that mean? It means that you are responsible for communicating whatever you want to, to, to your guests. If they don't understand it, that's not their fault. You need to look at different ways of communicating it to them. And this is something we are, we're, we're looking at, we're looking at sending people video to say, oh, look, here's an icy road. This is what you should be prepared for. I mean, we tell them they need four-wheel drive and they need winter tires. Roads are going to be icy, snow-covered. After snowfall, they could, um, they could face uh, areas between where they park their car and the, and the property door where they have to actually walk through some snow. So, so it's all about being prepared, but it's, it's, a lot of it is to do with how we communicate that preparation. Here's one that happened last year, which, which was an interesting one because it brings up this whole issue of liability. Um, and we had an email that, that complained that the their family vacation had been spoiled and it said the leaves should have been cleared from the steps. They were wet and slippery. And my mother-in-law tripped and hurt her ankle. She was not able to put weight on it all week and this impacted our vacation. Interesting one, because it does, you know, wet steps, leaves on the steps, um, that does create a liability issue. Now, fortunately, in the pre-arrival package that we sent to these guests for this particular cottage, because there are a set of steps that lead down from where you park the car to the property door. We've done this before, you know, we're, we're not new to the game, Um, There's very little that we we haven't come across. And that particular pre-arrival document says there are steps that lead from the car parking area to the front door. After periods of rain, the steps can be slippery. And care, additional care should be taken when going down from the parking area to the door. So we had a quick word with our lawyer. He's, he felt that we had adequately covered ourselves and 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 the fact that the wind was blowing and had blown leaves down onto the wet steps was a natural occurrence and it, you know it, it could not be because of the nature of the property, which was a little bit more remote it, it was not expected that um, somebody was there to clear the leaves off the steps as soon as they would fall. We were able to skirt around that one, but it's very interesting. And we we got to talking about if we had not put something in that pre-arrival document about slippery steps, what would our liability have been? So interesting. I'm going to come on to this in a bit later on as I talk about, you know, what you need to have in place. But uh, I think you're getting the gist of this. Here's another one. This is, this is a, a, a recent one. We've had a mild winter here in Ontario. However, the lakes are frozen. I mean, we, we, the lakes freeze late December. It was a little bit later this year, but, you know, there's always ice on the lakes. And as, as I speak, uh, it's March the 29th. Although we've had some reasonably good temperatures recently, you know, up around 50, 55, 56 degrees our lake is still frozen. We don't expect the ice to come off for another couple of weeks. And it's something we haven't actually thought of because the complaint we got said the website, somebody who'd been to a property, they came back and they said the website said the fishing was good at this location, but the lake was all iced over and we couldn't use the advertised boats. Now, now, to us, it's just like, oh, for goodness sake, you know, it, the, the lakes are frozen. But then we went back and thought about it and said, actually, we don't say anywhere that you can't use the boats in winter. So this, this was a, you know, quite an issue um, because the guest was exactly right. If they're looking at a listing and it says it's on a lake, the photographs we have don't show any ice on the lake. It says that there are boats, there's a canoe, kayak, rowboat, and we say the fishing's good. Nowhere did we say on that listing that you would not be able to fish between the months of December and April because the lake, lakes would be iced over. And this is something we're now putting into our general information. Uh, for a property in, uh, that's rentable between... December and April. Do not expect that you'll be able to access the water um, on a boat. Um, we actually had to settle that one. Interesting. Because these guests were exactly right. Um, now, how we settled it was to offer them a, a reduced price on, a, on an additional um, weekend where they could go back and experience the boats. And it was a significant reduction. So they accepted that. You know, that could have been frivolous. It could have been somebody who looked at that listing and thought, hmm, they're not telling us something that that perhaps they should. But we're trying not to read too much into it. Finally, the one I want to share with you is one that we've had on a number of occasions. Um, No one told us that the boats that were tied up at the dock next door were not for us to use. And someone came and shouted at my children to get off them. It was very distressing for them, and we didn't want to stay after that. We should have been told how unfriendly the neighbors were. Once again, this was this was a difficult one. This was a, a challenging one because the in, in our situations, there's no fences between properties. And sometimes, you know, you a property will have a dock, and there'll be a dock next door, um, which is the next door property. But the, the next door property may be up a hill. It may be not as visible. It may not be completely clear who, what, what belongs to who. And uh, so, so that one, that one, one actually required quite a lot of um, of a discussion with the guests, with the owner, and. The upshot was that, you know, we did hear, you know, we talked to the neighbours as well. They didn't have any, uh, the neighbours didn't have any connection with the family at all. After the incident, they hadn't shouted. They'd simply come down and said, you know, excuse me, but these boats are ours. Um, they don't belong to the property that you're renting. And and since those neighbours were um, very reasonable, We had no reason to believe that they'd fully upset the guests and uh, we were simply able to say that the boats that were included in the rental were at the dock belonging to the cottage and there was a canoe and a kayak there. So uh, there was no reason for them to expect that there were additional boats and watercraft available to them. That is just a small amount of the issues that we face each year. I, I mean, I've been in customer service ever since my very, very first job. And, and if you come to the Vacation Rental Success Summit in, uh, in Toronto at the end of April, uh, in my keynote address, I'm going to be talking about uh, that first job and how it impacted me and, uh, and really provided the foundation for a passion for customer service that I've had over the years. And... For a number of years, I was a customer service um, trainer at Reader's Digest in, in the UK. I worked in customer service and I trained some of the staff in um, in customer service techniques. And I read a book at the time called "A Complaint Is a Gift," and it was probably one of the, it was the first customer service book I ever read that really had an impact on me. And it really has provided the foundation for everything we've done ever since and for how I train my staff in the company. Because what usually happens is when you get a complaint, it's very easy to do that knee-jerk reaction, to, to feel offended, to feel slighted. How dare they say this about my, my pride and joy, my piece of paradise, my lovely property? But it's so important to step back and... See every complaint as, as an opportunity to, to make a change, to make an improvement. Let, let's start with why do people complain? Why, why do they when they're on vacation, the weather's fantastic, but you still get complaints? Well, number one, they have legitimate reasons. If the place is not as advertised, if there's cleanliness issues... If appliances aren't working, for example, the television, or the hot tub, or or there are features missing, those are all very legitimate reasons to complain. Other legitimate reasons could be that something was missing that's really important from the advertisement. You know, are there are their neighbours really really close? yet your pictures don't show them at all. So the pic, I know how easy it is to take a photograph to, to show a property that looks like it's standing out on its own in the countryside. Yet if you pan back a little bit, you can see that these properties are so close together um, that, that it's almost like a, a city street. Deliberately avoiding showing things in photographs so that... When a guest arrives, they are surprised. They're surprised that a room that looked huge because it was taken with a wide-angle lens is, in fact, very, very small. Uh, They're surprised when all the the wonderful staging that's in a photograph is not there when they get there. Now, Now, that doesn't mean to say that you have to have a table laid up with the bottles of wine and the fruit bowls, but you still have to have it looking just as nice. So just don't give them legitimate reasons to complain. And that makes, that makes your life so much easier. People complain because of poor weather. Um, the reason is, is that they arrive, let, let's say they've been expecting their vacation to be the most amazing, amazing time. And part of that, in fact, a huge part of that, The vacation planning for most people is the weather. If the weather is bad, they know they can't blame you for it. So they'll look around for something else to pin that blame on, to pin the blame of feeling disappointed and feeling upset and unhappy. The kids are crying because they can't go outside because the weather's so bad. Um, You can't barbecue because it's tipping down with rain. What are you going to do as a guest? You're going to try and justify why everybody's feeling unhappy. And that's when the complaints start. Because we, we call it here in the office, we say, you know, the weather's bad and our guests are going to be nitpicking around the cottage. So you better make sure that that place is absolutely spotlessly clean and there is not a single reason for them to complain. They may find something, but if you've done your duty, then there's going, it's going to be much less likely that there's going to be a, an an issue or a problem. Other issues that might cause them to complain. One of the top ones that we have found is that a guest wanted to cancel. At some point in the, in the previous period, they wanted to cancel. Um, probably because they changed their mind or it was a group coming together and part of the group decided that they couldn't come. So what ends up is we we say that these guests are pre-soured. So when they get to the property, they've already decided they're not going to enjoy themselves because they built that up over time. So if they've tried to cancel and they weren't able to because of strict cancellation policies, that could certainly pre-sour them and set them up to make a complaint when they're there. Other pre-vacation clues, and this is where I just want to go into um, recognizing a serial complainer. And just going back to the story of the guest we had over the past few days, um, Before this guest arrived at the property, she had made, you know, when I look back over emails, there were dozens of them, and she's just coming for a few days. There's dozens of emails, um, changing dates, asking questions, very, very specific questions about sizes of rooms, um, what the facilities were, would the facilities be working, what would happen if the facilities broke down. These are the clues that we know, in retrospect, we should have looked at and um, gone with the gut. And we have the, you know, in the office, somebody will say, I've got a gut feeling about this particular guest because of all the, I mean, we have no complaints about people asking questions. And the more questions, the better. We want to make sure that they've chosen the right property. But it's the nature of the questions that can, uh, that can really point to the fact that that particular person is going to be, is going to have an issue when, when they're at the property. And this worked out with, with this person. Um, we'd had multiple emails uh, prior to the stay. She changed her dates several times. She wanted discounts. So eventually it was all sorted out and, um, and she arrives and we, we get a um, the first call to say that the place is wonderful. She loves it, um, but the TV's not working. Well, unfortunately, we had um, we had an, an ice storm at the time. The owner called the guest and said, I will come straight down to fix the television for you. I don't know what's wrong with it. I think it's just probably a setting that um, I might have to talk through with the, uh, with the satellite company. And she said, do not come down here. I don't want anybody to come down. I can use a TV in the bedroom. I'll be quite happy with that. So so to cut a long story short, over the four days the, this this guest was at the property, we heard from her every day with, with different complaints. Um, some we know are completely legitimate. She said she'd been looking for some rubber gloves so she could because she liked to do her own dishes. There were rubber gloves under the sink, but they'd gone, you know, what happens if rubber gloves over time, they go a little bit rotten and one of the fingers had come off. Um, So she wanted a pair of rubber gloves delivered to her. So the owner got in touch with the caretaker and the caretaker um, drove down with a new pair of rubber gloves for the guest to use. She also had complaints about um, a light bulb that was out outside, very legitimate complaint hadn't been dealt with, so the caretaker also changed the light bulb. And then the day of the ice storm, she uh, emailed again to say that she wasn't able to go out of the door because of the ice in the driveway, and there was no salt or sand available for her to use. Again, a completely legitimate complaint that um, that the owner had not replenished his uh, his sand and salt bucket because... As far as he was concerned, you know, for most of us, winter was over and and this was so unexpected. So it was legitimate. But the caretaker was contacted. He went down immediately uh, and put sand and salt down so she was able to get to her car. Unfortunately, I exacerbated the situation because I responded and I, this is where the knee jerk comes in and I am not innocent when it comes to knee jerk reactions, I knee jerk just like everybody else does. I just sort of felt I need to score a point and i I emailed her back and I said it is yes, it is icy outside. there has been a significant ice storm, and the police in the area are urging people not to go out on the road. Unfortunately, that was probably not the best thing to do because uh, the next email accused me of having a very very poor ap- attitude and demanding that she ruin her holiday by staying indoors uh, until the sun came out which is which was absolutely not my intention but you know I think I created the situation however I keep saying cutting a long story short and I will do she leaves and 48 hours later we get what I was expecting is the long litany of complaints and the demand for refund and in that complaint, now she's saying that the property was unclean, it was dusty, it was dirty. She'd sent a photograph of some water-spotted um, cutlery in a drawer and, and a glass that was not as sparkling as it should have been. Also complained that the temperature in the shower was, was the temperature of the water was too low and numerous other things. We are um, offering her a, a refund um, because... This is not, and I'm sort of air quoting here, not giving in to her demands. It's simply accepting that there were legitimate complaints and small refund rebate is appropriate. I don't think she's going to be happy with what we're offering. Uh, However, that will be it. Um, We've always got to remember we cannot be held to ransom by people who tell us, they're going to give us a bad review. And in fact, you know, Home Away, TripAdvisor, it, you know, it's, it's tough if you ask them to remove a review, but if you've got any evidence that your guests had threatened to write a poor review unless you give them a refund, that, that's usually enough for, for TA or Home Away to at least consider. Removing the review, but you've got to remember you know that if if your guest had legitimate complaint Then there is no reason for them Not to give you a negative review, you know if you've given them the reason to do so Because of some form of negligence, then you have to take the consequences. I'm just going on talking about um, reviews According to a recent Harris Interactive poll, which was commissioned by um, Expedia, millennials are some of the biggest online complainers, which I suppose is no great surprise. The survey showed that travelers between the ages of 18 to 30 are more likely to post a negative review, with 26% of those 34 and under saying they'd posted a negative review within the last four years. And that compares with 14% of people older than that. This that's an interesting statistic because I don't think that's a that's a stat that's going to change hugely except maybe it uh, it becomes higher you know so there's a higher percentage of people posting uh, negative online reviews in that age group this is an age group that has we're going right back to the beginning here much higher expectations and if we don't meet those expectations we need to Appreciate that we're going to take the we're going to get the consequences. Okay, so so that was that was my weekend story and how we handled the guest. And I'm hoping, in fact, I'm going to be talking to her today. So hopefully we can discuss some of those things and uh, and resolve it um, amicably. So what can you do? What can you do to prevent complaints? Well, number one, you cover your bases. You've got to make your property complaint proof. That means making it spotlessly clean, being diligent about safety. Don't ignore anything that might contribute to a slip and fall accident, such as, you know, a loose steps, a shaky banister or a broken tile. Fix everything that needs fixing. Remove building debris. Remove everything from around the property that is not included in the rental if you can. And lock doors that open into any areas that may be hazardous and make sure you hide the key. Secondly, just tighten up your terms and conditions and, and make sure that anything that could contribute to the potential of an issue is, is covered. So have a waiver of liability for the use of watercraft and outdoor toys. Um, these may not hold up in a court of law if you've actually been negligent but if you can prove your diligence and attention to detail then having these is going to help give them prior information don't you don't want your guests to be surprised in any way shape or form you want them to have every bit of information that will contribute to their the success of their vacation or not before they go so you know if if there's like in um, in Mike's place, for example, um, every Monday afternoon there is a blast at two o'clock from a local quarry, so he puts that in his information pack. You know, don't be surprised at two o'clock on a Monday afternoon. You're going to hear this blast. It's it's from the local quarry. Nothing to worry about. And this is what it is. But include everything in either pre-arrival information. So. If they walk through the door, you don't want them to be surprised at anything. You make sure that's in your, the information that they get pre-arrival. And then you create your comprehensive house book um, because that just is a great place to remind your guests of, of anything that they may need to know about. I mean, you know, for example, it's, you know, it's a great place to work in any warnings or reminders such as the stone steps may be slippery after it has rained, particularly if they're leaf covered in the fall while we make every effort to keep them free of leaves. Once we are gone and you're on vacation in your home, you may need to brush them off daily. A leaf rake and broom have been provided for your use. And another one we use. Although the water may look deep at the end of the dock, we specifically do not recommend jumping or diving. There are submerged rocks and logs in the water and care needs to be taken at all times when swimming or wading. You can put all these things in, in place that are going to prevent the, um, the complaints from happening. Finally, how do you deal with the complaints when you get them? Number one, stay objective. And remember that often when somebody complains, it's not about you. It's not about your property. It's about the whole experience that they've had. Their marriage could have broken up while they're on vacation. Um, their kids could have absolutely hated the fact that they were away from their friends and sulked for the entire time. And you are going to be the one that gets the brunt of the experience that your complainer has had. When you're replying, keep your replies short and to the point and avoid trying to score points. And that means sticking to facts and avoid addressing emotions. Try and refrain from lengthy correspondence, Um, particularly serial complainers. You'll, You'll know who they are because their emails are pages long. You just have to keep scrolling down and it just keeps coming and coming. And you can get drawn into responding to absolutely everything. So sometimes the best thing to do is just pick up the telephone um, because these people who, who go to the internet to make these long complaints may find it more difficult to, to be as, uh, as picky over the phone. And, and you may just find that a good conversation over the phone can really resolve the situation. So as we approach... Another busy busy season, and this is go- we know this is going to be our busiest season ever because we've you know we 're about forty percent up on on previous years um, this is this is i i, I don 't know if it 's because so many Canadians are staying at home because the um, the exchange rate is not healthy for them to go down south to the u s we 're also getting a lot of lot more u s uh, guests coming up to Canada because because of that same exchange rate. So it's going to be a very healthy, very busy summer, and we are preparing for the fact that we will have issues and complaints because you know, regardless of how wonderful your property is, regardless of how meticulous you are regardless of how many bells and whistles your place has, if you have a guest who is prone to complaining, they will find something. They'll find something that's probably out of your control, but they will make it their problem. They'll make it your problem. So, if you are coming to the Vacation Rental Success Summit and you come to my session on dealing with uh, emergencies and disaster planning, it, you'll, you'll be able to work through some of these issues because um, you know, that's what I'm going to be doing there. So I think I've sort of worked myself into this negative viewpoint now and, and I've got to turn it around and go back and be positive uh, again. So I hope you're still with me. I'd, uh, I'd really be interested to hear if you've had any amazingly interesting uh, complaints, problems, issues that you've had to deal with. And, uh, you know, if you, particularly if you've, uh, if you've gone to creative lengths to resolve it, uh, I'll also be very interested to hear, uh, your views on the topics of refunds and rebates. On that note, I'm going to sign off now. I've, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, heading for the, um, Cottage Life Show this weekend in Toronto. If I've got any listeners out there who are uh, coming to the show, I, you know, please drop by our booth. I'll put the booth number in the show notes. So if you're going to be at the show, come by and say hello. I'd love to meet you. So that's it for another episode of Vacation Rental Success. It's been an absolute delight talking with you again. I hope you've stuck with me to the end and I'll look forward to being with you again very soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.